I know yes, good morning to you once again. If you are just joining us today, this is GospelBellsRadio.com, your community Christian internet talk radio with a mission to engage the contemporary culture with the mind of Christ. It's Friday, the 27th of October, 2023. The program is on the Lord's side, Christian perspectives on news and current events. My name is Olufemi Ogutoku. You can follow me on Twitter at Olufemi Oji. You can follow Gospel Best Radio on Twitter at Gospel Best Radio. I want, to, I want to begin today with this story. Uh, this story reported by Sarah Reporters. I'm looking at this from the Twitter handle of Sarah Reporters. And this says, listen to this, some people want me dead in Kano for converting from Islam to Christianity. Muslim police officer said he wished I was caught for making stupid decision. A Nigerian man raises alarm. And I hope you got I'm going to read that again. This says a Nigerian man has raised alarm saying some people want me dead in Kano for converting from Islam to Christianity. And a Muslim police officer said he wished I was caught for making stupid uh, decision. Now, I know that many people who are familiar with the religious tensions in the northern part of Nigeria would perhaps not be surprised by uh, by a news story like this, but it is important for us to point it out from time to time when we come across stories like this and not just to take them as the normal thing uh, in a society, but to remember that there are places, there are places, there are countries, uh, there are states in our own country as well, uh, there are regions of the world when it, where it is not a given it is not a given, it is not a matter of course uh, that you could practice any religion of your choice where in fact Christians are not having it easy at all. It is important for us to remember these people, it's important to remember this reality and to do what we should do. And uh, one, of, one of which, the most important of which is to continue to pray uh, for these people and of course to continue to agitate in our different capacities as citizens uh, for better relations all over the world. This report says Ali Addo, who narrated his ordeal in a series of posts he made on Twitter, said he was born into a Muslim family, but in the last few months, he could not feel a connection with the religion, hence he stopped participating in any Islamic activities. And it's according to him, trouble started recently when his brother noticed that he had stopped praying. He said he was reported to his father, who took him to an Islamic cleric for rehabilitation. But after a week, he escaped, and since then, he had been haunted to be killed. Ali Adu said, quote, I was born and raised as a Muslim in the north, and in the last few months, I don't feel or have that connection with the religion anymore. And then he also wrote, said, I was interrogated like a criminal, beaten and abused. I spent a week there and escaped to Equa. Equa will be a, a Christian denomination where I also spent a week and converted. I left Equa to go and get clothes as I left everything. I have a tomb and I cannot return. That's when me and a guy called the Savior, I will not mention his name, noticed that we were being followed by three guys. We tried to run and the guys shouted in our star, Rida Yai, which according to him means he denounced Islam. He denounced Islam. So they raised the alarm like that. Some people took it seriously while others didn't. A scene was created there. Some people started beating me. We escaped and went to Sabongari police station. I reported everything to them, but they told me that they can't do anything as I, as I can't live there. I mean, I mean, the story is, is, is distressing, but it is not surprising 
But the fact that it's not surprising should not make it less distressing. It is distressing. It should also uh, elicit concern in us and anger as well in all citizens. It should, it should elicit concern in all Christian persons and anger in all citizens. Yesterday, we were just discussing the importance of the rule of law and how Nigeria was ranked 120th out of uh, 140. I hope I'm right about that, about on the ranking of adherence to the rule of law. I mean, I want to take it first from the from the viewpoint, from the angle of the rule of law, and the government of Nigeria should take this as seriously as possible as well. Uh, the rule of law is not in place when people are not free to practice the religion that they wish to practice. When a police officer, according to this, yes, these are allegations we have not heard from the other side. Uh, when a police officer who should be upholding the laws of Nigeria, the secular laws of Nigeria, who should be upholding the laws of Nigeria, which under the Constitution of Nigeria is forbidden from siding with any religion, when a police officer would say to somebody who has converted from Islam and say to that person, oh, I wish that, that you were caught for something and punished for something, you ought not to uh, to have uh, converted from from Islam to to Christianity. Uh, the, the rule of law is not in place when a person being persecuted by some fanatics cannot run into a police station and find and find refuge there. So it's a matter of the rule of law, and that is the angle from which uh, the government of Nigeria must must uh, must address this matter. The constitution provides that Nigeria is a secular state; that the laws of Nigeria will not be made to promote any state religion. It's a matter of law. And if you are not going to defend our constitution, what exactly are we doing if you are not going to defend our constitution? So it's a matter of the rule of law for the government. For us as Christians, it's a matter of, of persecution. And the reality of it, uh, we must we, we must underscore is the reality of it. I was at a Bible study yesterday where there were discussions about you know the persecution that the early Christians faced immediately after Pentecost. And many people were trying to, uh, to articulate the different scenarios where persecution is experienced by Christians today. Uh, even for people who are not living in the northern part of Nigeria or in the Middle East or in other parts of the world like China where Christianity is, is suppressed, there are there are different manifestations of uh, persecution, but uh, more than that, uh, th- there may be silent manifestations of persecution. Uh, there may be uh, even institutionalized persecution in some ways, but there are some people who are facing real persecution, daily persecution, who are afraid for their bodies and their souls on on account of their. Uh, the, their declaration for Christ. We must not forget to pray for them. That's why we are bringing this up. We must not forget to remember not only this gentleman whose story we have just read, but the many others all over the world who proclaim the name of Christ at a cost, at a cost, at a cost to their well-being, to their physical well-being, or to uh, their ability to continue to relate with their family members. Let us continue to keep them in prayer. The, the assurance we have is that uh, the Lord has promised, he has said, and behold, I'm with you always to the end, to the end of the age. He has said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forget you. He has said, do not, be, do not be afraid of those who can kill the body, but not the soul. I did not say that. And I do pray that the Lord will strengthen his people all over the world. And those of us who live in areas where we are not 
so affected or not affected in that same manner let us thank god let us thank god for the for the freedom we enjoy and what is more let us use that freedom to intercede for our brothers and our sisters who are in distress that is the least we can do And next, I want to engage with this story very briefly. Now, this is a video uh, of the Director General of the World Health Organization calling for a sort of new treaty uh, concerning pandemics and and disinformation on a global scale. Now, before I play this video, I just want, let's take some steps back and recall that uh, during the COVID-19 crisis, uh, called a pandemic at that time, the WHO did come up and many pharmaceutical companies in the United States did come up with uh, with the with the vaccine, the vaccine for uh, for that virus. Uh, it turned out that it was not a vaccine per se. A vaccine would uh, in its basic meaning uh, would would mean and it would mean a substance that will prevent uh, the a person who has taken it from further from from contracting uh, a disease or a virus uh, in the future. Uh, later on, it turned out not to be a vaccine properly so called, but it was said to be helpful in that it would it would reduce the symptoms if once you contract the virus, uh, it will, or it will most likely prevent death or or prevent uh, the symptoms from worsening. Anyway, since then, many people have since discovered that uh, perhaps because perhaps because the vaccines were rushed uh, in in the bid to make them quickly available and for the world to to come back to business, remember that there was that global shutdown of the world. Some said unprecedented uh, global shutdown of the world. And perhaps in a bid to hasten the reopening of the world as a result of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, The perhaps for that, and I'm saying perhaps because uh, some people have some other reasons suggested, perhaps because of that, uh, the pharmaceuticals were said to have rushed the vaccines. Now, evidence uh, seems to be coming out from, from hospitals, from laboratories, and from researchers that some of those vaccines were actually were actually uh, not not as safe as they were uh, they were put out to be. Now the WHO is concerned uh, that because there are many people talking about how unsafe vaccines are or the side effects of the vaccines actually touted as effective during the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, the WHO, which is the World Health Organization, is now proposing a treaty a treaty among all nations, uh, which would uh, require all nations to to combat disinformation, disinformation on a global scale. Now, for thinking Christians, people who are called to be as wise as serpent, people who are called to be as wise as serpent are people who should not just take things at face value. You must be you, you you must think in the you must be able to anticipate what the serpent will do and what and what does it take for you to be able to anticipate what the serpent will do it means you must be wise you must be wise so that you're not you're not foolish you're not gullible you're not just taken for a ride by the serpent of this world be careful i'm not talking i'm not calling the who or some government entity the serpent i'm just saying that 
Christians are not people who should be taking things at face value. When you hear this information, when you hear, let's have a tweet about this, you should think very clearly. And if what is proposed is sensible, if what is proposed is actually useful, we support it. If it is suspect, we treat it as such. I wanted to listen to this. To the international health regulations. Okay. To we're, strengthen we're going to the legal again. framework. Last month, the UN General Assembly adopted a political declaration on pandemic prevention, preparedness and response, underscoring their commitment to meet shared threats with a shared response. The COVID-19 pandemic appended lives and livelihoods, disrupting societies and economies, and exposed and exacerbated political fault lines within and between nations. It eroded trust between people, governments, and institutions, fueled by a torrent of mis- and disinformation. And it laid bare the searing inequalities of our world, with the poorest and most vulnerable communities the hardest hit. The next pandemic is not a question of if, but of when. And we cannot afford to repeat the same mistake of the past. That's why WHO's member states are negotiating a new pandemic accord and amendments to the international health regulations to strengthen the legal framework for the global response to pandemics. And we can't stop there. We must follow through with national ratification and accountable implementation. For the sake of future generations, we must not go back to the old cycle of panic and neglect that left our world vulnerable. We are stronger together. Okay, so, so you added there the WHO Director General saying that well, the next pandemic is not a question of, of whether it will, it, it will happen, it's a question of when, it's a question of when it will happen. So, well, uh, well, guard yourself, tighten your belt. These are the people who should know saying that it's not a question of, of whether there will be another pandemic, that's a question of when. Now, let's take some steps back. Remember that the origins of the COVID-19 virus itself uh, has not been fully uh, disclosed or maybe identified. Some will say the origins have not been fully identified. There are concerns that they actually originated from, from a lab, uh, from, from uh, laboratory activities. Uh, the point is, if that is the case, that should be established, that should be said. Precautions should be taken about things like that. As there are, all, there are other theories that they are the result of mutations uh, that could not have been stopped. I am not in a position to uh, to comment on that, but there are credible opposing voices there. Now, if you listen very carefully to that, uh, to that clip from the uh, DG of the WHO, he said the pandemic led to the loss of trust, loss of trust uh, between institutions and between citizens and government. And when you're talking about loss of trust, the point is, at some point, people, uh, people became aware that it was actually not necessary for the world to have been shut down, that the pandemic, in fact, was not as 
as serious as was, as was initially put put out uh, that some of the things put forward as helpful were not uh, really helpful uh, that in some cases for example the case of Boris Johnson in the UK there is some cases government entities were actually flouting uh, the regulations they put in place uh, that restricted the movement of people and now people are finding out that some uh, substances in some of those vaccines were actually injurious and have caused uh, more damage uh, to people now these are the, some of the things that the uh, that the new treaty wants to address. Uh, those who listen to on the law side know very well that our view has always been that anything that seeks to limit speech, that seeks to limit speech, is potentially dangerous. And we must be circumspect enough to accept that any approach, anything, any law, any treaty that seeks to limit speech is potentially dangerous. If you do not agree with what the other person is saying, say your own part, say your own view, which is the truth, say it louder. That's the solution. And and people are not stupid. People are not stupid if your position is truly valid. There is no amount of lies that would dissuade people from following it. Now, I understand there are are verifiable cases in the world where, uh, where misinformation or even disinformation, where propaganda has led to war, where sentiment have been whipped up, you know, just for the sake of the selfish interests of a few. Yeah, I know there are situations like that. Some people argue, for example, in the case of Rwanda, uh, that be- between the Tutsi and uh, and the and the and the other tribes, where where the mistrust and the propaganda and the sentiment whipped up led to uh, led to that. Horrible war that lasted for years. Some people have said that, well, if speech had been had been curtailed, perhaps it wouldn't have happened. That's not true. That's not true. Uh, these things, when there is tension, where, where there are tensions between ethnic ethnic groups, not only about speech. Yes, speech would be used; it would be a vehicle to whip up the sentiment. But there is always injustice at the root of it. So uh, I go back to the point I'm trying to make that I, I believe as Christians we should always be circumspect. I'm not saying distrust any any measure put forward to limit speech, but be circumspect about it and ask the question: What are the conse- what, what will be the consequences of this proposal? What will be the unintended consequences of a proposal like that? If, for example, it were legislated into a global treaty that it, that that it would be unlawful for anyone to to post anything or to say anything discrediting a vaccine if that was legislated into some form of law and say that nobody should uh, nobody should argue against the taking of vaccines nobody should argue uh, or try to discredit uh, efforts by the WHO or the pharmaceuticals uh, trying to combat a pandemic if that should be put there and and people want to legislate that they want to, because they say that look the reason why uh, pandemics will keep coming and will not we will not be able to address them is because well people are discrediting vaccines they are discrediting the discrediting the works of the who uh, they are also discrediting facts coming from pharmaceuticals and things like that look, look let's 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 cultivate a culture of trust and just trust the who just trust the pharmaceuticals and everything will be well I'm not saying I have any reason not to trust any institution. I'm saying that institutions are not existing in vacuum. Institutions are manned by people. They are manned by human beings. Human beings lie, so institutions can lie. And that is why no Christian, no indeed, no, 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 uh, no wise person should proceed on the basis that, oh, this institution is so credible, whatever it says, I'll take it as the gospel truth. No. We should always be able to ask questions as citizens. 
you able to ask questions, ask questions, and any law, any measure that 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 is proposed to curtail speech is a potentially dangerous measure. Remember also that there are concerns in Nigeria now that the uh, National Broadcasting Commission has put together a law to limit speech on, on social media and to limit what you can do on social media. That is always a potentially dangerous thing. Wrong, in fact. Anything, anything trying to limit speech would be giving cover for those who have access, for those who are privileged to say whatever they want to say. And don't always assume that certain institutions will always say the right thing. Why? Because institutions are artificial. It is institutions are artificial. They don't exist. Institutions, it is people who exist. You talk about WHO, you talk about the presidency, you talk about uh, about any company. They don't take their artificial entities. It is people. It is people who act for institutions and people are human. They are human and humans, what do they do? Humans lie. Humans sin. Humans take advantage. And that is why in political science, the ground norm, the, the, the ground norm uh, principle is that there must be separation of powers. You don't put all powers in just one institution because power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. So uh, I would say that the right position for Christians to take in any measure like this is to resist, is to oppose any measure designed to curtail speech. Do you know what's going to happen even if people don't trust what the WHO will say? If somebody is truly ill and sick, that person will take the vaccine. Don't need to convince that person, right? We take the vaccine. And if a person chooses not to take a vaccine, let that person have the right to choose not to take it. God forbid that we get to a world where it becomes compulsory for people to take uh, certain medicines or certain vaccines. Yes, you may say that, oh, it's not wise. Why are they there to kill themselves? Yeah, but you see, the right to self-determination is very important. Even for us Christians, do you want to get to a place? You want to get to, you want to live in a world where uh, where it becomes compulsory for you to take a vaccine, even that vaccine, even if that vaccine would offend your, your religious beliefs? You have to think in consequential terms. You have to think in consequential terms. You have to think in terms of if we accept this, what are the possible what are the possible reasonable consequences of this? It is in those times uh, that we should always always think. we continue to monitor this. But this is this much we know as people who are on the Lord's side, people who are led by the Lord God Almighty Himself. This much we know. Uh, we know that the Lord is King. The Lord is King. I was going through the Twitter feed of one of the theologians I follow in the US, and he himself quoted another theologian where he said, The most comforting political slogan in the world. Do you know what that slogan is? The most comforting political slogan in the world. Do you know what it is? It says, The Lord reigns. The Lord reigns, and that is the most comforting political slogan in the world. You may have somebody in the office of the President of Nigeria, or President of the United States, or as Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, or somebody as the DG of the WHO, but you know who actually is reigning, who actually is king? The Lord Jesus Christ. And next, I want to engage with this story, the story of this man said to be a driver who is now making an allegation that his boss deceived him into donating his kidney over 
a twenty million dollar promise. In, in fact, I, I giggled a bit there, and and, and that's disrespectful to the pledge of this man, and I, and I apologize for that. But initially, I thought it was twenty million, but now this is a twenty million dollar pro. Uh, this is a twenty million dollar allegation. This is a driver alleging that his boss deceived him into donating his kidney uh, and promised him to promise to give him twenty million dollars. Uh, this is the report I'm taking it from from Vanguard newspapers. It says a forty two year old man Unwoko Eric yesterday revealed how his former boss allegedly deceived him to donate one of his kidneys to his boss's younger brother only to abandon him after the transplant was done. Speaking with journalists yesterday in Bagada Estate, Phase 1 Lagos, the indigenous of Abia State, who worked for the managing director of a company in Keja, explained that in 2018, his boss assigned him to be driving his ailing brother to the St. Nicholas Hospital, Lagos Island, for dialysis, while the boss... Sorry, I got it. Sorry, just one moment, trying to get something. Yeah, so what that he was contracted by his boss to drive his alien brother to uh, St. Nicholas Hospital, while the the younger brother of the boss was was uh, was going through dialysis for his kidney related ailment. Then he said he told me that it would give me twenty million dollars buy a house for me in America and connect me to his rich friend in America where I would be driving big cars. I was excited. Thereafter, he called his brother to inform him that I had agreed to donate one of my kidneys to him. They took me to the hospital. I did many tests and the doctor said my kidney matched his brother's. I was admitted for three days and on the agreed day, the operation was done. They gave me some medicine, but since 2018 to date, I have not been receiving treatment. A week after... My boss rented an apartment for me. He directed me to resume work in the office and that I will be paid 70,000 naira a month. He warned that anytime I failed to come to work over health issues, he would deduct 30,000 naira from my salary. Even when I complained that I was weak, he would shout at me saying I could survive with one kidney. When I asked Mr. Steve to give me the money and other promises he made before the donation, he kept delaying until I told my mother about what happened. All I want is for him to keep the promise he made before the surgery was done so that I can survive with the remaining kidney I have. His brother is very healthy now. While I am dying, I was hungry and from a poor family, I thought giving one of my kidneys in exchange for compensation would change my life and my families. And then there is a portion here from Vaga newspaper about the statement from the mother as well. The mother saying, quote, I've been wondering why he had not been picking my course until October 13, 2023, when he called and told me what happened. We were living together until he suddenly relocated to Mowe. You know, at the moment, my son cannot walk. He needs medical help. He has lost so much weight. I'm only requesting that Mr. Steve should help my son survive like his brother. Yes, we are poor, but I believe the AIG will help us get justice. So this is a poor family crying out to the police in a matter like this, right, and uh, asking for help. Now, I mean, you look at it from a purely legal point of view. You say, uh, what, there was no contract between the two of them. Maybe he has nothing to uh, to enforce. He has nothing to enforce. But now, just take some steps back and recall uh, the case of the former deputy president of the of the Senate of the Federal Republic of Nigeria, uh, Dr. Ekwere Madu, who now is serving jail time in the UK for what? For what? For organ trafficking. What is organ trafficking at its core? Organ trafficking basically is procuring human organs for money. For money at, at its basic. In the UK, you will offend the law if you procured 
any human organ for money. Yet it is acceptable for, for it to be donated, and that is where uh, the morality stands today. And many laws, uh, many many uh, country laws are codifying that. Where the morality stands today, we do not know where the morality of the of the culture will move to in the future. But the where the morality stands today is that the no country should 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 uh, afford the basis for people to to enter into commercial transactions for human organs. But because if you were to do that, if that were to be legal for you to enter into some form of commercial transactions for human organs, if that were to, be, to happen, then it would become an industry as it is today that's a black market for human organs. And I do pray that the Lord God Almighty will protect you and me from falling in, uh, from becoming prey uh, to those who are merchants for for that black for that black market uh, for human organs, and uh, as long as it becomes profitable, as long as there is uh, financial inducement involved to, to become an industry, and you find all sorts of shenanigans going on, all sorts of uh, of mischief going on, as is going on in many parts of the world today, in many parts of the world today. Now, recall how, in the case of Doctor Ekwiremadu, it did not take long for the authorities in the United Kingdom to to arrest him, to prosecute him, and of course to put him in jail as, as stipulated under the laws of the United Kingdom. Now in this case, you have a devil like this calling out, even if, let us even assume that there is lying because, well, as we know very well, when a person uh, makes a statement, when a person puts forward, for, forward his own allegations, you wait until you hear from the other side uh, before you make a judgment. So at this point, we are not able to say, yes, he's saying the truth or not. But with this much, we know that any decent society would take this seriously that you would have the, the police uh, prioritizing something like this. And 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 being committed to seeing it to seeing it through to to unearthing the truth of the matter. This is something that should uh, make any uh, anybody uh, anxious and concerned and even angry until the contrary is proven. Let us hope that the let us hope that if the statement said here by this young man, if the statement are true, let us hope that his boss is not so highly placed that he would be able to buy his way out of this. Because if it happens that indeed uh, there was a transplant, if it happens that indeed uh, this boy donated his kidney. I mean, those will be fact that that could be verified at St. Nicholas, for example. Then the question would be whether he was actually promised anything. Uh, uh, an ungodly, an ungodly boss would walk back his promise and say, "Look, I did not promise him anything." He would say he promised me, and then it would be it, it would be a question of he said, uh, "I said," and, and that would be so unfortunate if that could not be proven. And well, some will argue that uh, from, a, from a contractual point of view, it's an unenforceable contract because it was uh, contrary to public policy and all the other points there. But th that's at the point where uh, we would think from Christian perspectives must take some steps back. Number one, we want to have a legal system where justice can be got for a person like this. Uh, if, if, it, if indeed a promise was made and help must be given to this gentleman. Even if no promise was made, but this boy is now ill. Even if no promise was made, but he's now ill, 
And he did, in fact, donate a kidney to the boss's younger brother. Even if no promise was made, uh, would it be out of contemplation? Would it be wrong? Would it not even be incumbent on that boss uh, to now go out of his way to help this gentle, to help this boy out of his crisis? Again, we do not know all the circumstances of the case. That could, it could be a case of where, and I don't want to just as that guesses, but uh, the point is, from what we know uh, so far, it is incumbent on that boss to offer help, even if no promise was made it could be on him it is good on the nigerian state to make a a point of this uh, that it is contrary to public policy and public morality uh, for for inducements like this uh, to be made. Uh, there's also something we call in law, what we call vitiating circumstances. We call uh, some situations where you have a situation between a boss and 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 a subordinate and not just a subordinate but somebody down there uh, in the ladder the law should take in favor of the person who is uh, who is weaker uh, socially speaking financially speaking there are copious 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 exhortations in the scriptures uh, from the lord god almighty warning us against oppressing the weak oppressing the weak oh the punishment that awaits uh, those who take advantage of the weak Again, we are not rushing to judgment. We are just saying that this is a matter that should not be swept under the carpet. Okay. And next, very quickly, I want to engage with this uh, with this story. I saw this on uh, on a blog in Nigeria, and this is a quote attributed to one of the popular pastors in Nigeria, popular uh, Pentecostal pastor. This report says, "Spending quote spending the weekend at the house of a man or woman you are not married to is not biblical." Pastor Balaji Dowu wants singles. That's the title of this report on this blog. It says, spending the weekend at the house of a man or woman you're not married to is not biblical. Pastor Balaji Dowu wants singles. Wants singles. He said, Pastor Balaji Dowu has advised singles. Anyway, long and short, this is something that he wrote. This uh, pastor wrote on his Twitter on his Twitter account and he said, stop it, stop it. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it has made it into the headline somewhere. And you have to ask, it's a function, if you ask, uh, how do uh, how how do things get to the to the headlines? How do things get reported, or rather, uh, how do editors decide what should be published? They decide what to be published because they think uh, it will be controversial. Or uh, I mean, let's take some step back because if it's a news reporting platform, because they think it is newsworthy, people need to hear about it. Or they think it will be controversial if you're talking about blogs and and social media platforms. They think going to elicit uh, elicit conversation uh, on social media. Uh, those would be some of the reasons why they would report it. Of course, if it will bring in some profit as well. So yeah, the point is, I, I believe that this is telling us about where the uh, the morality of society is. If something like this would become uh, worthy of report and would garner engagement by people online. Uh, a pastor saying, spending the weekend at the house of a man or woman you're not married to is not biblical. Stop it. Stop it. Of course, you must understand what this pastor is saying. It's not saying that if, for example, you find yourself in the city where your fiancé stays uh, or for some reason or you and your family members travel. I, I'm, I'm trying to say that there are, uh, there are a host of circumstances you can think of and say, what if, what if, what if. But what this man is saying is, I would assume 
and rightly so uh, you will agree with me that premarital sex is not it's not biblical stop it that's what he's saying and many people say well, what if i just go there to help him and to help him prepare and to prepare food for him but we are not having we are not having sexual relations you know this, i mean those are the what if what if what if but the fact that this is a matter that bloggers think should be reported tells us where the morality of the society is, where the morality of the culture is, where, the, where it has become a norm. It has become a norm for things like that to happen. You remember that we engaged the story here on, on the Lord's side not so long ago about this argument about whether about whether it is right for for people in relationship to to test themselves uh, to to have some drive tests for example some have argued that look you want to know whether you are sexually compatible and somebody brought that issue up where we where we discuss you want to know whether you're sexually compatible before you go into uh into marriage the long and short is that the culture will always give you justification and excuses for everything unbiblical and uh, the culture will always tell you oh what if you don't do this then i wouldn't know whether you're sexually compatible and those are issues uh that people in times past and christians uh will look to god for to make their choices never had to contend with and they made perfect choices right because when you begin to be concerned about many things like that, it is because you are not actually looking to God to help you make a choice. You are looking to yourself to make uh, to make a choice. I don't want to lose track of the very point we want to make from this, which is that uh, it tells us where the morality of the society is. If something like this should be controversial, it should be our duty as people on the Lord's side to continue to mention, to continue to proclaim what is biblical and notwithstanding that the culture has departed far from it, we should continue to, to, to maintain it, that if the Bible has said this is wrong it is truly wrong excuses should not be made and of course the fact that everybody is doing it does not and will never make it the right thing to do it you never make it the right thing to do let's be warned and let's be let us not be in the number of those who say look everybody does it and it can't possibly be wrong uh, you know there are some people who think from that uh, from that prism uh, they say look if everybody does it and they get away with it and no punishment comes to them and they go on to have fantastic lives how can it possibly be wrong and uh, that is the uh, most dangerous lie to that one could that one could embrace the most dangerous lie uh, that one could embrace to say look everybody is doing it people, and people would do it are uh, getting by we shouldn't be bothered at all please do not fall and do not be taken in by such lies be warned be warned again this next story it talks about it's a video i don't know whether you saw that video i saw a bit of it and and, and quickly passed uh, uh passed it on it is a story it is a video about of some nigerian women who uh two of course must know that they were being recorded all of them about five or seven of them naked and standing over bags of cash and praying uh in a diabolical way and saying that this morning i'm going to use it this way on men like this and many people are now warning and say look be careful be careful because nigerian women are now also engaging rituals so much so that the, they are, although the, you, you may think they are prostituting themselves but they are actually engaging in some uh, diabolical diabolical actions and i mean it, it, it was shocking uh, to see that these ladies would uh, would and would say the things they were saying and of course allow themselves to be uh, to be recorded on video stuck naked and of course engaging in those in those diabolical diabolical things i mean for us on the lord's side we should just be reminded as straightforward as it is uh, that 
and, and as we have always said on this program, that the greatest, the most, uh, the most profitable lie that devil has told, and when I say profitable, I mean uh, what the devil would think to be profitable to himself. The, for the devil, the most profitable lie to himself, the most dangerous lie devil to us is to assume, to believe that he does not exist. The devil does not want you to believe that he exists. The devil does not want you to believe that uh, diabolism exists. The devil does not want you to believe that liars exist. That people lie, that people sin, that people do uh, diabolical things, that people worship the devil. The devil doesn't want to believe that he, he, he exists. And once he succeeds in, in, in convincing you that he does not exist, then he knows that you will fall into diverse, diverse temptations and diverse, uh, you, you will just be walking without being circumspect. Well, it is right there now in black and white for I hope, I hope no, nobody's out there saying, look, it's all, it's all nonsense. It doesn't mean anything. The point is, as spiritual powers, dark spiritual powers exist. We learn about that in Daniel when Daniel prayed and yeah, some forces of evil tried to block his prayers. We learn about that when uh, Paul told us in clear terms that we are not ignorant of the devil's devices when we are told that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and against powers. People should be warned, those who are not warned before should be warned uh, that when you see anybody, uh, you do not know who that person is, you do not know who that person worships and oh, how, how instructive it is for a Christian to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to walk with discernment, to do all things with discernment. A person who will not do that is a person who will be a prey, a prey for, for the devil and for the evil one. And finally, today, I want to close this episode of On the Lord's Side with this video. Unfortunately, it's a video. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about the noise that just came in suddenly. I'm hoping there's a video, but you'll have to see it. But this is a video of nurses and medical personnel. Medical personnel trying to resuscitate a baby. Obviously, a newborn, a newborn baby. And I did not know this before. I think some newborn babies, they come from, they come out of the womb and seemingly lifeless, seemingly lifeless. And at this point, I think the... Uh, the mother would have would have considered that the baby uh, was stillborn. So medical professionals would have considered the baby to be stillborn. Uh, the person who posted these videos wrote on it, captioned it by saying this: "Please watch one of the reasons why medic medical staff are trained never to give up." And I'm looking at this video, and you see the doctors or the nurses. I do not know their designation, but this medical uh, personnel beating the 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 newborn baby you know, hitting him on, on, on his back and then trying to 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 massage his chest area and he was slapping him and then putting some equipment. And I was looking at the video and I would have thought that uh, truly uh, that the child was dead. But they kept on beating, kept on beating, kept on massaging the chest area, kept on applying, I think, gentle heat on his body until, until after a long time, the baby cried out and the baby lived. And I'm looking at many of the Many of the comments on this, somebody said, oh, it happened to her as well, and that she had almost given up, and she was wondering what the uh, medics were doing until the child came back to life, and the child is still alive. And somebody said, oh, if it was in Nigeria, uh, that, uh, you, that, that many of those nurses would have given up, 
and 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 that's just, that, that that says something to medical practice. Not only Nigeria, but those who don't put their heart and minds into the things they do. Uh, people who have had, who have had experiences with some nurses in some hospitals would know that some are just so like a desical, so uncaring, so uh, so capri. So uh, what's the right word now? Yeah, maybe capricious in the in their approach to things. They, they just have no feeling whatsoever. They don't care, and uh, we need uh, more of medics like this to continue. And I mean, just fascinating. The people that have sent this video to on Instagram, they have responded with "Wow, wow, wow! Glory to God, glory to God!" And 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 that's exactly what uh, what should be our response when we look at things like this. But more than that, more than that, uh, this is just another reminder for you and me: never ever to give up. I'm not saying that people don't die that some things don't happen yes sometimes death comes only when we are prayed and a, a patient does not come back to life but in the in the greater scheme of things what our lord uh, teaches what he taught us and what the Holy spirit teaches us is that men ought to pray and not give up until until it's not over until it's over and there is something called persistence there's something called importunity in the christian life keep asking keep asking so if that is the message for you today uh yeah if you have, you have been asking well don't stop keep asking thank you so very much for joining us today for on the lord's side christian perspectives on news and current events. we hope to be with you again on monday for another episode by the grace of god please remain firmly on the lord's side god bless you very good you are listening to gospelbellsradio.com the christian internet radio with a mission to engage the culture with the mind of christ Keep listening and invite others, too. God bless you. Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ. 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 Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ.